Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say a heartfelt message to the family of Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Now, I got to share a show, an episode with Del Wilkes, the Patriot, and it was an incredible, incredible afternoon, evening that I spent with Del last August. A fantastic episode. A guy I idolised as a kid when he was tagging with Marcus Bagwell, as we go on to know him as Buff, then in WCW, on to WWF. And going into a feud with Brett, and had Del not got injured, that feud would have gone longer. I know Brett obviously went on to leave to go to WCW in the November, December time. But yeah, it was just that that feud had legs. And uh, what a humble, humble man Del was. Uh, Nothing was ever a problem. I messaged him various times over the last 12 months, asking his opinion on my show. Just general stuff, just making sure he was okay, the family were good. You know, just the stuff that you do. And uh, every time he'd get back to me, and just a, a, a lovely, lovely man. Had his views on life, but he'd take on the views as of, of others as well. So, as I say, yeah, before we get into it, I just wanted to say RIP to Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Godspeed, and I'll send all my thoughts to the family at this tough time. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter... Your host, Stu Palmer! We are back to the UK for episode 88. I've been in America for some time the last few episodes, so it's great to be back on home soil to talk to veteran too cruel Tyson Taylor. Tyson was trained by legends of UK wrestling Dean Ormock and Robbie Dynamite way back in 2008. But it then took three years, as you'll get to hear from him, to get on his first show for him to feel he was ready to showcase his talents on the UK circuit. Tyson Taylor has wrestled for all-star Brian Dixon's company, which we've known in the UK for so many years. Lots of experience. He's got a lot of tips for guys as well because he's seen guys come and go within the industry. Guys that couldn't 
pack setting up the rings all the stuff that goes with it these performers these guys you know they don't just go in there to wrestle you've got to do all sorts of stuff when you're at the shows it's intense with the all-star shows as well because you can have up to three shows a day as tyson talks about he's also due to take on shake el sham the middle eastern millionaire for sww a promotion out of the uk too so we get to hear about some current stuff shows are coming back now as the pandemic loosens and lessens so my guest without further ado for episode 88 of stew's wrestling podcast is too cruel tyson taylor enjoy my guest today all the way from birkenhead on the wirral it is none other than an 11-year veteran on the pro wrestling circuit, Tyson Taylor. How's it going, mate? Oh, it's great, yeah. At the moment, yeah, it's really good, especially with everything, you know, the shows starting to come out. You start to see pictures of people, you know, doing shows and stuff like that. So, it, yeah, it's exciting at the moment. The buzz, the <clears> buzz <throat> is back. The buzz is back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can feel it online and everything now with people posting stuff, and it's starting to get me excited now when I'm going to start doing them as well. So, yeah. Could you tell it's the listeners cool. listeners and viewers your schedule, maybe a few of the shows that you are going to be on up, up, yeah, uh, yeah. upcoming? Well, so from literally, probably from next weekend, I am literally fully booked till about September. And then realistically, if things go ahead and things start opening back up, I'm sure that's probably going to, there's going to be more shows starting to be added and stuff like that. Now, once everyone knows what's happening with like things opening back up, but uh, which I'll, I'll just I'll take any at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's so from like literally next week onwards, I'm just literally fully booked, which is which has been great because I've always looked at like kind of because I've got like a little diary where I've been in. And it's just been page after page of just nothing. And then now it's starting to come to the point where I'm starting to fill it all in and I'm filling my phone calendar in and stuff like that. So it is, it sounds like busy now. Is there anybody <clears throat> anybody on, on a list that you haven't faced yet that you're wanting to get in there with and pit your wits against? Um, well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like people on like the, the independents. I've, I've, I'm looking forward to the Sheikh Al-Sham one um, for SWW. I feel as though... Me, we know each other and we're friends and we've we've only been in the ring like once but we had really good chemistry so I feel as though once that match you know once we start that match I reckon um, that's going to turn a few heads that's amazing that's amazing yeah I had Shake on recently we had a good <laughs> we had a good chat a really good chat so I'm sure you're throwing down the gauntlet there Tyson oh yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> 100% is there going to be some stiff shots or what? Oh, 100%, yeah. It's got to be <laughs> oh, battle of the heavyweights in it, so it's, it's um, yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing that one, even if it's in video form, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be looking yeah, out that, for that one, absolutely. Yeah, that's think, the one I'm looking ahead for. I think now we can go right back. Now, you started training in 2008 with Dean Allmark and Robbie Dynamite. Yeah. So, yeah, how... How did you get to know about the school and training and stuff like that? How did you get to know about that back then? Well, I didn't even... I didn't know that... Obviously, I remember there was there was wrestling on when, you know, when I was... It probably was before I was born, but I, you always get, like, the hearing of, like, oh, wrestling was on on a Saturday or a Sunday, and the world used to stop at four o'clock and stuff like that to watch the wrestling. And um, 
I'd seen like videos of it and stuff like that, but it, and I didn't realise it was Brian Dixon. It, it was just resting on the telly, and then it was only when someone said, well, it's only when I, I'd started the school that I really realised. So I didn't realise he lived on the Wirral. So it kind of makes sense that he had a school on the Wirral. And it was only when I was, because me and my mates, we, we, we loved wrestling. I remember I was just 18, something like that. And I was driving and it was, it was in this old, like, it's like a swimming bath sort of thing, like a sports leisure centre, but just think about a sports leisure centre back in like the 70s and 80s, you know, this place was falling apart. It, it probably looked nice back in like the 60s and 50s when it was when it was built, but now it was just like falling apart and it just drove past and it had this big like canvas sign and it had like a picture of another guy giving another guy a German, like, but they were dressed in like amateur um, gear. So it's, it just said wrestling training here. So I said, oh, do you know what? Um, I said to me, mate, oh, we should go. And I, I honestly thought, judging by the poster, it was just like amateur wrestling. Yeah. So it was like, oh, but, and in my mind, I was like, well, Kurt Angle started at amateur wrestling, so I'll do that. So, so I, I, I pestered me mate to come, and he, he, he didn't go in the end. And then in the end, he said, Joe, you know I'm just going to go on my own. So I walk into like this really dingy building and said, oh, oh, the wrestling, and to the receptionist said, oh yeah, it's you know down the hallway, and you're just going down this really you know, steep hallway and it, it's, you know, it smells and there's paint falling off the walls and everything. And then it, I just opened the door and I just thought it was just going to be mats or something, you know, it was just, and then it was just this, there's a ring in there, like a massive ring. And then it was only when I went, oh, do you know what? This actually might be like proper wrestling, like all the wrestling that I wanted it to be. And then there was Dean and, uh, and Robbie Dynamite just, uh, training and, so the first day I didn't I didn't train, I just went to go and have a look. <clears throat> and I was gonna stay there for like most of the day and just watch. But I could only sit there for five, ten minutes because it was I was that excited to get in. And I was absolutely I was just kept kicking myself going, I should have just started training today. Why did they just come and watch? Because now I want to get in there. So after like ten minutes, I was just like, Oh, I, I can't do this. I'll you know, I'll say thank you and I'll come back next week. So in the end uh, I went away and he said, oh, you know, get some knee pads and if you can find some boots and stuff like that. And funnily enough, um, there, there was another student in there and he was selling some boots. And I mean, they were falling apart. He said, you can have them for a five if you want. I said, fine, yeah. So I bought my first pair of wrestling boots the first day I trained. And uh, they cost me a fiver and I had to get a load of duct tape to keep the... Because the sole was like flapping on the... Uh, so we had to tape that up and every so often... I'd have to just keep taping that up and then I just kept them for I don't even know they're probably around somewhere I should have kept them but yeah they were my first wrestling boots and then my first knee pads were um, rollerblading knee pads they're the only ones I could find and they had like a big plastic like cover on yeah. the front of it I thought imagine dropping a knee on someone with them it would have killed so yeah I just, so and that was it then and, and then I was just away with it then <clears throat> It's amazing. Hey, they, they could be heirlooms then, Tyson. I know, boot, yeah, that's your boots, yeah. Your boots and your pads, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, well, oh. I've, I've got all my old, like, you know, my old ring jackets and my old, like, singlets and stuff like that. I'm going to keep them and then, you know, you just never know one day. Absolutely. You know, another man's trash is another man's treasure, that's isn't it? it. So. Wise words, good words. Yeah. How, how was it initially, you know, grasping it? Did you take to it quite quickly? Obviously, you were there with uh, D Dean and Robbie. 
Yeah. Was it, did it come quite easy to you initially, grasping uh, no. it? No, <laughs> it, it, I couldn't have been more further from what I knew. Like I knew how to hook like suplexes and stuff like that. But back then, I was, you know, I was eighteen. I was really overweight. I didn't exercise or anything like that. So they probably must have looked at me and gone, you know, is not much in thinking much of me. And then at the same time, I was finding it hard to sort of grasp things. You know, I mean, like you could do the suplexes and the slams. It was more like the movements and and stuff like that that I couldn't really understand. And then you know, the psychology part of the whole thing, you know, I, I wasn't getting so. You get these people who are probably like, oh, you know, I had six months training and then I started wrestling. It literally took me about three years before I even got my first match. I, I was doing refereeing and stuff like that, but it was more along the lines of I wasn't that good, but we had a, a lot of students who were good enough to be on shows. So I was like, you know, four or five or six down the line to be picked. So you had like there was Ben Levy, there was there was Adam who was Lightning Kid, you had Luke Hardy, uh, there was a guy called TNT, he was a, a student, and um and that was it, yeah. And then there was a you know, you had like there was another one called John and he would do shows on Andy Air Anderson and he, he did did unfortunately none of them do it anymore, but they were like they had been there a while and they had got it. So they were getting on shows. So I was just completely down at the bottom of the list. And it was very hard to get, even get, because they weren't going to say no to that opportunity. So if they were going to ask what the, you know, the top person that they wanted and they couldn't do it, they got another four people before they got to me. So, and it never, ever trickled down to, to me until about three years in. That's mad though as well that you're saying about them people not in the business anymore. I think that's testament yeah. testament to you now, you know, currently how long you've been yeah. doing it. And I think mm -hmm. what I'd, what I take away from what you were saying was that, you know, you got you gotta bite down, haven't you, and, and go oh, for it and yeah. stick to it. I think that that you can attribute that to anything in life, can't yeah, you? Not yeah. just wrestling. That mm -hmm. that's what I take away from what you were saying there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it was it was it didn't I it didn't bother me that I didn't know what I was doing or that I was finding it hard because at the end of the day, it was like, well, if I stay long enough, I'm bound to pick this up. So it's, and it's not like anyone, it, I mean, there was, there was friendly rivalries in the school because obviously there's only one spot for the students. If, even if that, you know, it was, it was very, I would, there wouldn't be more than like two uh, trainees on a show. That was, and that was probably because they were tagging. So it so it was basically one of those things is I just thought I just need to keep keep grinding at this and, and just keep going. And I kinda like the rivalry with everyone. I kinda like having that competition because there was like it was like politics in the wrestling school, just like there is in a in a locker room. That's just how that's just how um how everyone was. Everyone wants to be on that card and everyone was willing to do anything. And, you know, if you do something wrong, they'd be the first to point it out because they point out what you're doing wrong, you know, it makes them look good. And and if, as you can see with Dean and Dynamite being the two people who are training, yeah, the training good. These these trainees are good. Like, I would love to have seen what the, you know, how they turned out now. Some of them stayed in the business for, you know, five, six, seven years and they got really good. And then just things happen, you know, in life. You you, you have, like, other other things that come along. But, yeah. 
they were it wasn't like they were just picking any tree you know trainees they they had good trainees there so when i come along they weren't going to throw me a bone anytime soon it was a case of right you need to get to this their level before we're even going to consider you it's incredible to think, you know, getting up to it, getting up to a level. Absolutely. With with Dean and Robbie, what did you take away from them, you know, in terms of what they were training you? What, how do they differ? What were you getting from Dean? And, what, you know, separately, what were you getting from Robbie yeah. in terms of, you know, the ground, the, the base of your style yeah. and stuff like that? Well, you, so it's kind of like a perfect, it's like the yin and the yang, isn't it? That's how Dynamite and, and uh, Dean was because, the stuff that, you know, Dean's teaching you like the high-flying, flashy stuff, and then Dynamite's teaching you that gritty, you know, it was all amateur-based wrestling. So you had the technical side with, with Dynamite, and then you had the flashy side with Dean. But Dean also knew the technical side of things, and he had his own little flair of how he would do technical stuff with his style. And then dynamite knew how he could be flashy in his own way so he's being flashy in the technical side so it was just this perfect like combination of people so you'd have your morning with dynamite which would be basically just like you know your roles and all stuff like that and then you'd start doing your your, your um chain wrestling and stuff like that with him and then and that was on the mat so everything was everything was bumped on mats and i mean they were nice mats you know people uh, we do we do we bump in the ring now you know if we were training but we were doing suplexes and backdrops and stuff on these mats because they wanted to say, like, right, once you've gone in there, you'll appreciate how it feels in there. So just for the whole morning, we were just bumping and rolling and doing somersault bumps and face bumps and backdrops and suplexes and slams all on the mats. So then, and then in the afternoon, if your body wasn't broken enough already, you'd get in and that's when you'd start, you know, putting it all in and putting it in a the ring then. It's mad as well, you know, I hear guys, I've heard guys over the years, I couldn't do what you do, this is why I respect and look up to you guys mm-hmm. doing the wrestling. Some people think it's easy, don't they? And then I've seen it time and time again, when you've seen stuff on documentaries and things of that nature, a big thing, a crucial thing was cardio, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. People not having the engine, Yeah, you can mm-hmm. have you can have the moves. So yeah, just a bit, a bit on that, you know, the cardio side and stuff, advice maybe and tips. Yeah. The guys that fancy having a go. Well, for, see the for, see now that we're coming back to all the, the shows and that <clears throat> we've been training a little bit, just you know, try and all we're not we're not doing bumping or anything. It's just trying to get our cardio up. So it's literally just drills. So we're just drilling for just two hours, just doing different drills in the ring because we, you know we know how to bump and stuff like that. But it's our win that we need to get going. And I feel as though with like young people now is is you can have bad wind or you can have like, you know, you don't have to have like the best gas tank. You just need to understand of where you need to stop, catch your breath and then where you need to go again. And that's where I feel as though like now with, you know, with, with like how quick wrestling is now, people think like, oh, you need really big tank. You, you, it, it helped to have a big tank because then you can you can push on to those main event matches where you're going to be doing 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes an hour. Where, but you know, I've seen people who are you know the big lads and stuff like that, and you know they can go because they know when to go and then they know when to stop, and then they know right, right, this is good. There's going to be a big, you know, spot here where it's a lot of running, it's a lot of you know, I'm going to lose a lot of my energy here. After that, it needs to be something really, you know. 
we need to slow down here so we can all catch our breath and then we're ready to go again and stuff like that. So I would say the tank thing is it's definitely important, but I feel as though people are running you know, running out of breath and getting breathless because they're just going 100 miles an hour, no one's stopping, no one's waiting. They're just straight into the next one again. And then, you know, five minutes in, they're absolutely, you know, they're absolutely knackered and, and they've still got another 10 minutes left. That's, that's cool. I wanted to ask that. You know, I'm, I'm only going around the periphery with what, yeah, what, yeah. what it what it would take to become a wrestler. Yeah, you know, I only know I only know certain things, don't I? So yeah, mm-hmm. no, that was that was good, good, to, good to hear yeah. that. And I'm well, sure there's a couple of times where I've been in there, and and so you know when it's like the comeback spot, that's probably going to be your biggest running spot. So and I remember there's just sometimes where we've been doing stuff, and then it comes to like the time where you know there's a double down or something and this is where the comeback's going to come from the baby face and I've been lying there going I'm absolutely knackered and we're, we're going to have to run for a good two minutes here now so I'm like that lying down but breathing like sucking in normally but I'm like <gasps> trying to get as much air in it because I'm like right I'm going to have to get up now and we're going to have to uh, run even faster now Cool, man, that's cool. I think now getting back into, obviously, you trained and then three years later, 2011, first match. And as we yeah. know, the scene was very different, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. On a UK level. But mm. you, you came in, you know, you started having your first matches before the surge. But who yeah. who were you getting in there with early on? Some of your, some of your memories of that. So the first couple of people that, so my first match was actually with, it was with, it was a tag, and, and here's the story. So this is how it. So, with my thing is because we, because I've been training for so long and stuff like that. I always wanted to help with the ring because it was like, you know what? I'm I'm not the best at this, but I certainly want to look like I'm I'm not, you know, just skating by. I really want to look like I'm 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 trying. So, I'd be like taking the rings in, taking the rings out. Training and stuff like that, and I remember uh, Tish uh, and Brian's daughter pulled me to sign. She was like, "Oh, uh, would you be able to ref um, Butlins for us on Saturday?" I said, "Yeah, okay, yeah." And then obviously there's that spoken rule of even if you're on the show, take your gear with you. So I just took my gear with me anyway, thinking I was just having, you know, I was just refereeing. And and uh, as we were driving up, uh, hot, we got halfway there, and. and Tish turns to me, she goes, oh, have you got, have you got your gear with I said, yes. She goes, oh, good, because uh, you're actually ref- wrestling, you're not refing. He said, the only reason why I said you were refing is because if it had told you you were wrestling, you might have backed out. So I was like, well, that's that's not me. I wouldn't have backed out anyway, but I appreciate what she did. So then now it was like, all right, now I'm going to have my first match here. So it was a tag. It was me and Ricky Knight against Frankie Sloan and Zach Knight. Wow. So that was kind of like my first. And the funny thing is, it was just when TNA was getting big. So we had this, like, um, do you know the six-sided ring? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> so, this, so my first match was in a six-sided ring at Butlins. And, I mean, it, it was at Butlins Skyline as well. So you're looking about, you know, people stop for the wrestling, even in, at Butlins and stuff like that. So you're looking about 500, 600 people mm-hmm. were there. To, so it was a big crowd from a in the first crowd and and the ring it was so small the ring that like you could stand from like one post to one post and reach your arm out and you could probably both kind of just touch your fingers like that's how close so when you shot someone off you, you by the time you pulled them you're already at the other side 
And it was, there's a video on there because I remember giving Zack Knight a bump, uh, like a slam. And the, the, you could tell that the irons underneath don't move, but the wood is moving. So you can just see he's just bouncing off. It was that it was horrible. It was horrible ring to be to be in. But yeah, and then that was my first match. And, and with with Ricky Knight, is he? He didn't. He only just told me like the start and the end, and that was it. He said everything in between will be fine. I'll tell you. He was like because at the end of the day we're a tag team. So if anyone hears me telling you what to do, and he made it very clear. He made he was shouting because he, he was like slamming Terry, slamming, slamming. So. Whatever Ricky would say, I'd just do. So we just go slamming. And I said, all oh, right, okay. I'd slam and he'd go, right now, pin him. And i go, all right, okay, there we go. And then he'd go, right, I'll have him. And then we'll tag. And then he'd do his bit. And then he'd tag me back in. And then just from the corner, give him a suplex now. And it didn't look stupid because he was my tag team partner. It just looked like my tag team partner was telling me what to do. So that so then, and then we obviously had the finishing and, and, and stuff like that, which, which he was calling it while we're in there. Because as he said, it doesn't look stupid. We're, we're partners. We should be speaking to each other rather than not speaking at all. So, so that helped. And in the second match, funnily enough, was it was me and Sweet Soraya against Paige and Frankie Sloan. So within like the first you know week of me training, I'd already wrestled all the Knight family. Can't you can't, and you can't, the, yeah. can't buy you can't buy that, can you? Yeah, yeah, the, and the Knights. And what, yeah, being in there with the Knights, I bet that was just yeah. incredible for you. And they always looked after me, always. Yeah. I, I, I got really friendly with them really quickly, and they were always so nice to me. And I, I always appreciate that from from uh, from the Knight family because they really helped me that that weekend. It really made me enjoyable. It was enjoyable for me, and it it made me because of how nice they were. I was just like, oh, you know what? If like everyone's like this, this would be great. This, if everyone's like this nice and this helpful, you know, it, it was good. And then obviously down the line, obviously stuff goes. You know, it you, you meet people who aren't as nice as that and aren't as helpful. But you know, it's, you take the rough with the smooth, don't you? I'd be remiss not to say about Frankie Sloan as well. Yeah, does not get does not get enough credit. I don't oh, think no, no, on definitely. on a you know on a European on a European level as yeah. well. If we want to widen it, I think the guy yeah. look at the number of years he's been around the business. Yeah, yeah. Is and it, this was and that was all star. It was like and, and people always ask about all star. And I, I I'll say and it's not me being biased or anything because I feel like it's true. It's the best of the best go to all star, and it's the biggest show. It's the biggest. You know, say what people want to say about All Star, you know, and about how you know the traditional wrestling. It still works now, and there's people like, let's say, like Gangrel. He won't work for anyone but Brian. And there's people out there like big guys like that who will literally not go anywhere else but Brian. And Brian will just get the absolute best. And there's some people who are on, who are on the Indies who are massive on the Indies and have come along. And Brian said, "No, I, I don't think he's good enough for here." And uh, and he hasn't booked him again and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to get into, and it is definitely the best of the best. And it's just all round like everyone on that. If you're on an all star card and you're a regular, or you're getting always getting booked, you know that you you're like it. That's the top. You you're in the the A plus league there. And it's even with me, like you know, I'm not as good as like James and you know Spitty and Dean because uh, of their experience level and compared to mine. But, you know, sitting down and being able to watch them every night, and I still do it now, still watch them every night. It's, I've probably seen, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches that have been on the on the card with just to, for the simple fact that I just want to watch and get experience and see how stuff go. And I've done that now for about, you know, 11 years now since I've been starting shows. So it's just the best place to be, to learn. And I feel as though everyone should at least give it a go. And no one should turn their nose up at, at, at um, All-Star Wrestling because people can say that type of wrestling is the, the old style. It's not. It still works to this day. I've still seen the roof get blown off places. And, you know, it was, it, it was the, there wasn't much. It wasn't all this, like, you know, killing each other and stage dives and stuff like that. It was just a good wrestling match with, with you know, emotion being, you know, um, you catching the emotion of the, of the crowd and stuff like that. And I just think that's, it's still to this day, you can have all the good moves. But you, if you haven't gripped the audience, then you, you, you know, you're dead in the water a little bit. That's the thing I take away as a fan. You've got, to, you guys have got to be able to engage, haven't you? You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, in, yeah in, not, not to say the rest in secondary, but it's all got to intertwine, hasn't oh, it? Yeah, intertwine, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a, it's like a perfect, perfect chemical compound. It's like, you know, if you, you know, like a scientist with chemicals, he wants to make a certain chemical where well, you got to mix these, all these chemicals, get the right, correct one. And, and that's a, and that's the same with wrestling is you've got to take it. It's all got to be in there to make a perfect, you know, match. And one, and that's when you see, you know, when you see these five-star matches, that's the chemicals that have they've reacted perfectly. And that's when you get, the, you know, these, these five-star matches and these matches that people rave about from, you know, 10 years later or 20 years later and stuff like that. Going back to, obviously, Brian Dixon, All-Star, you only have to look at how the Americans hold it in high esteem. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson came over and did it. They they love they love the old school wrestling, don't they? Yeah, yeah. These guys, yeah. you know, they're very much you know your core guys over in the states. Yeah, but they're very com- they, they're very complimentary about that yeah. our style, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I heard a podcast. It was um, it was on Anderson's podcast, and someone asked him a question: Is there anywhere that you regret that you never worked? And he said, "Oh, I." I always wanted to work for Brian Dixon because I, when he was working, like he was hearing nothing but good things about Brian back then. So, you know, you've got people like Arn Anderson who was wanting to work there and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I feel as though I'm very lucky that what that All Star is literally just around the corner from me. Like the training school is literally about a mile away from here. So it was never there was never any excuse for me because there's people travelling two hours there. So as I seen it, it's like I've been given a really good like dealt dealt a really good hand of cards here as the training school is literally a mile away from the house. So I have no excuse not to go whatsoever. So I made sure that I was always there. And even now i even go every time now because it is only around the corner and it's nice to just keep things sharp and stuff like that. You know, there's there's you know people out there who have been probably working like two or three years and they don't get to training schools anymore. They just think, well, I'm back on I'm on shows now. I don't need to go training schools and stuff like that, which is just the worst mentality to have. Because I love going in there and and you're working with all the new students and stuff like that. And you can go in if you see something nice, you can go and try it and stuff like that. So I think it's a really good tool to have, especially being like how close it is as well. Absolutely, absolutely. How many, how many weeks, uh, how many weeks, how many days a, a week? I know, obviously, 
restrictions are lifted and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. And, and under normal circumstances, how, how many days, how many hours a week are, are, you, are you training? I thought I'd like to ask that, just going off what yeah, you're yeah. So, so if, it, if the training school is open, it'll be open like twice a week. And the training is probably go on for about four hours. So it's like eight hours training a week. But at the moment, we because there's only just a small group of us doing it, just the people who want to, you know, get our kind of ring shape back to normal. You know, there's there's only we're doing like maybe two or three hours, but we're doing that Monday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're doing a lot at the moment. But we definitely need it because the first time, the, the first day that we walked in, we started doing them drills. We were, it wasn't pleasant. Where now it's starting to get to the point where we're like, all oh, right, okay, this is this isn't hurting as as much as it was at the first day that we started. I bet there's a I bet there's a big buzz, isn't there, around the guys oh, as well? Yeah. yeah, and we're starting to you know um, see a lot of uh, people come in to like just train and practice because they've got shows coming. So it's, uh, there's people that they haven't seen for about a year and you know when I'm starting to see everyone now and, and stuff like that so it's nice to see everyone again and stuff absolutely I think coming away from all star where else have you worked over the years and some of the some of the guys you've got to you know pit your wits against yeah in, in, yeah. in those promotions so so I I've done TNT but I did TNT when it I think it was probably like its second or third show and then I never and then I never went back then but obviously with, with how big it is stuff like that but I think Jay was like trying to sort of build his brand and and stuff like that and so now that and back then I, I look completely different to what I do now so I would like to give that another go and there was a there was first class wrestling which is in um which is up in around Newcastle ways. They do a lot of shows there, and that's um, and I feel as though that's probably one of the the, the best uh, all round shows as well. Because I feel as though because a lot of the guys who do that do first class as well. You know, do Brian's do first class, so it's exactly the same as what Brian does. It's it's and they get really good crowds in there. They get you know they they're doing really big crowds, um, and it's it's the same. It's that. You know, we've got the best there that do it, and the promoter is, um, you know, he's really hard working in trying to get out the name of first class wrestling. He's relentless with his um, with his advertisements and stuff like that. I feel as though some promoters it, they go wrong because they're not promoting as much as he should. Where you know he just goes out and he's just everywhere trying to get that name out, and it, you can tell because when he comes in, there's not one empty seat. Because he's really he's gone out there and he he he'll drive, you know, hours and hours and he'll be out eight hours a day, you know, every day until leading up to the show, just you know, putting posters out and putting advertisement out and stuff like that. He, he he's relentless with it. That's cool. That's cool. I think I want to go back to you personally now. When you were growing up watching wrestling. Yeah, maybe some guys, just a handful of guys, maybe that you gravitated to, jumped out of the screen. You know, yeah. all your attention was on on them. Who, who were some yeah. of the guys? So, so fair. Obviously, it was it was Hulk Hogan's your first one. That was when I was really little. I mean, there's people who say like they'll they'll tell you like a time like oh this is how when I saw wrestling and, and I wanted to be a, a wrestler. I can't remember the first time I saw wrestling. I ju- it just for me, it was that far back that I've just always watched it. 
for my whole life. I remember watching the Hulk Hogan cartoon and everything. It was mm-hmm. that's how far back it was. I just I really can't remember the first time I watched it. It's just in my mind I've always watched it. So so there was Hulk Hogan, but then you grow up and then the attitude ever started then. So that's when you know you that's when it it was the it was the right age and at the right time to start watching wrestling. It was probably about, you know, 10, 11, something like that, watching um, Attitude Direct. And uh, mine was always The Rock. He was always my favourite when I was younger, which is, but that's just like a kid thing. And then obviously when you grow up, I used to, um, like Eddie Guerrero was was another one that I absolutely loved. That, um, and he was kind of, I liked him because he, I don't know, there's just something about like Eddie Guerrero that I liked. And it was only as when I grew up, and started watching his matches again and go, well, do you know what? It, it, I feel as though I would probably like him because he could wrestle. But back when I was younger, you know, how good he can wrestle was the last thing on my mind. I just wanted, you know, Latino heat and stuff like that. But he kind of tricked me because he was that good in the ring that, like, I, I must have just gravi- gravitated towards him because he was just so good. It's, it's the heel. It was the heel and the face with him. Yeah, yeah. Just that in itself, being able to do yeah. that, to have the knowledge, you know, the present, yeah. the presence of mm. mind, and uh, so sad, yeah. so sad that we lost him when we I did, because yeah. he had yeah. loads, and, he had loads of great matches in the time. Oh, he did, yeah. And it was, and it's, it's crazy now to think because I remember watching wrestling, and I never used to compare sizes of people. Obviously, if like someone went in with Kane when I was younger, I was like, oh well, obviously because Kane's big. But I didn't realise just how small Eddie was compared to even like people like, you know, um, like Perry Saturn and, and Hardcore Holly and stuff like that. He was he was really really small, but you it it never come across on, on the telly. You would never, it would never um, translate. It would never look like he was smaller than anyone. He just looked big like everyone else. How how about matches? Maybe from the, off the top of your head matches that you really enjoyed uh, so I always and the funny thing it's really good because I keep I watch all the old Attitude Era stuff now like just like every so often so we've got like a couple of like you know there's matches where you go oh do you know what that was really good I used to like what Jericho and Benoit used to do and um, I was always I, see I'm always I do like the wrestling side of things but I like the main events I like those matches where there's got a lot on the line and you know, Rock and Austin always used to be like matches that I always used to really like watching. And uh, but I always used to like watching Dean Malenko. It was just something about Dean Malenko that I really liked. It was just I don't know. I kind of just I liked his the way he looked and everything like that. And he wasn't really a, as chatty or anything like that. But I don't know. There was just something about um, yeah, Dean Malenko that I, I just thought he he was really good. Like it was the little things he used to do, like. You know, we'd shoot someone off with a headlock and then rub his ear, like, and just little things like that. And um, that's when now looking back, when I'm watching back at them, it's little things like that. I go, Joe, what? That's so good because not anyone, everyone's not doing that. You know, he 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 really made you believe that he was he was wrestling and and everything was was either like given. You know, it was it was irritating him or something. He, he was never his arms were never down on the side. He was always doing something, even when he's waiting for someone to hit him. He's always doing something. Absolute ring ring general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, he, going in now. Look, look him. He was with WWE in a producer. 
role yeah. and now now in AEW. What a wealth mm. of knowledge. What a wealth of knowledge for oh, these yeah. young guys. You mm. just be like and I don't, sponge. Yeah. And I don't understand why these writers who are, are WWE and stuff like that, I don't understand why they just don't let like people like Dimalinko put the match together. You know, like let the writers do let the writers build the story to get him in the ring and then let the people who have done it who've been in those type of situations then do the matches I feel as though like yeah you've got like your you know your match producers now where you know a veteran will sit down with two guys and book the match together but the probably the producers probably got like a couple of things that he's been told right like, the, these things need to be in this match so now he's got to work these like four things that he's been told by a writer to put in the match where realistically they should have said right we we really like this to be the outcome of this match or we really want it to carry on next or we're building up to a cage match how would we how would we build this match up to have a screwy finish where the next match if we make it a cage match is not going to look stupid that we're just made it we're just making a cage match out of nowhere there needs to be a reason why we're having a cage match and I feel as though definitely you know, you look at the people who are who are doing the producing and stuff now. Like they'll know how to do all that. They've probably they've been round everywhere. They've probably been round every territory in America. They'll know exactly what you need to do to get the fans come back to see a second match and to make you know you can put him in this. You know, it could be a you know a hardcore match or it could be a tables match. They'll know how to get to that point of, right, we want it to be, we want the last match at a pay-per-view to be a table match. How are we going to lead up to that? And have well, that in the field of Demon Link would definitely know that. And all of them would probably know. In terms of WWE, AEW, do you get, do you watch much of it currently? Do you manage to watch it or do you stay away from it? Um, I keep me here to the ground, but it's, I'm, I'm, I like to watch wrestling and it teaches me something. So my wrestling that I watch now is either like I mean the attitude era stuff. I mean that's just that's just me. That's just my um, you know, that's just my guilty pleasure of watching that. That's I'm not I don't sit down and go. Oh, I really want to watch a really good you know hard hitting wrestling match. I'm going to sit down and watch the attitude era. No, that's just nostalgia reasons of why I watch that. It reminds me of like when I was a kid and, and stuff like that. If I really want to watch good wrestling, I'll probably. We're on some New Japan because I've got the New Japan World thing, so I like to watch that. And I watch, I I make it a, a habit of watching at least one World of Sport match a day because, in my mind, I'm I'm on the lines of I used to I watched you know wrestling my whole life, and then I got to training. So when I got in there, I knew how to hook a suplex, I knew how to pick up for a slam, and knew how to, you know, do a DDT, and I kind of knew how you hit the ropes and stuff like that, because I'd seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and you're always going to pick up on them stuff. Obviously, then you have to put it into practice, and you have to get good at that. So in my eyes, I'm like, well, let's, if I watch one World of Sport match every day, it's going to sink in of how I, of, of me learning the stuff that they're doing. So that's how I look at it, because you, you, when you get when you get taught to training, you know you're locking up and they're, and they're telling you like here's your footwork and this how you do this how you do that. Watch a world of sport match and you can throw all out the window. Just make it look like a, a wrestling match and you've and you've got it. 
rather than like you're worrying about your footwork or, or you know like where your feet are and stuff like that and you know you're worried oh am I holding this right and this that and the other if you ever watch any of them like different wrestlers held like the wrist lock and the headlock differently so do some would hold like you know a headlock where they're not hooking their hands like this they're hooking it under the arm or they just snatch it like this and so it's it's kind of it's nice to see different ways of other wrestling holds being applied and stuff like that, especially in a world of sport type of situation, rather than like, you know, um, like a WWF attitude era situation, because I know there's going to become a time where I'm going to have to put my British wrestling, you know, what I know into practice in the ring. So I feel as I'm going to learn more from a world of sport match than I am from, you know, watching, you know, Carcore Holly against uh, Test. So that's how I look at it. So I think closing out now, Tyson Taylor's veteran tips for young budding people that want to get into wrestling. A few few tip few tips because you you've been in and around it since yeah. two thousand and eight now, so you've got a wealth wealth of experience, wealth yeah. of knowledge. Just a couple of tips and maybe like you know etiquette. I, I hit this home to people a lot when I speak yeah, to, yeah. to you guys. The etiquette's mm. not there from people. So no. Definitely not. I've noticed. I've noticed that, like, and that's not me having a having a a dig at anyone. But I, when I first started business, I was training and I was going to shows and I would carry people's bags. I was carrying, you know, um, guys' bags. I was getting water for them if they needed me to go to shops for them. I was going to shops for them. I was always there to help with the ring. No one should feel uh, too big to pick and put a ring up. I was doing it. I remember they did, I was doing big league wrestling when they were running and they'd have a ring crew there. And it, I would just say, oh, would you like help with the ring? Because even though they've got a ring crew there and yet they're getting paid to do it. Come on, we, you know, I love doing a ring. I think it's, it's, it's a good thing to have. And I feel as though if you're too good to do, you, you know, to do the ring, especially when you're like, I'm, you know, two, three years in, you should be, Everyone should know how to put a ring up and everyone should know it that well that if, you know, push comes to shove, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, no, none of the guys are there. They're late. The show's going to, you know, the show starts in an hour. They're stuck in traffic. You and one other guy are there with the ring. You need to be able to put that ring up because you just never know what's going to happen. So always make sure you do the ring. Always... Learn your basics before you start anything else. I've seen people come in and they're like, oh, you know, I've got this MMA background, so I'm going to try and incorporate that MMA style with my wrestling style. I'm like, all right, okay. We'll get the wrestling style first sorted. Get that sorted, and that'll take years. It's not going to be overnight. It's going to take years. Then start adding your flary stuff in. But if you don't know the basics, then you, you're dead in the water already. And it's all nice having all these, you know, how I've done all these. But if you need your basics to understand how it all works and then start bringing all that in. So that's what I would say. And then always just try and be just a hard working one in there. And that's just like a testament to me is I was never the best, but I always made sure that I was always, I was, you know, I would, I would pick, I would do the ring always. If the ring needed to be doing, I was there and I was always helping and I was always grabbing stuff. I was always moving stuff for people because I knew there was going to become a time in a conversation where I'm not in the car and there's all the veterans and they're going to go, oh, what do you think about that Tyson guy? And they're like, oh, you know, he's like fairly on, like, oh, he's rotten. 
but he helps with the ring. So, and I can tell you now that when you're starting off and you're rotten, yeah, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna have any bad matches, but you're learning anyway. So that's you know they can let that go. But if you're having bad matches and you're them being useless and not helping people out, you're not gonna last on these. You're not gonna last on a team of guys because especially with Brian, sometimes you got three shows a day. You need and they we they we don't have any ring crew. It's us. So it's the guys whoever's on that show. You're putting that ring up. So they need people to, you know, to, and especially on the show, on a day where we've got three shows, you've got one show at half 12, one show at three, and one show at five. You need to be in, you need to have built the ring up, done a match, and out straight to the next one before the next show starts. And there's times where we're getting in there and we're moving the ring, and the queue is, the, there's the line outside for it, waiting for the show. And it, I've seen a couple of people flap on that. I've seen a couple of people go home because they can't, they can't hack that. So just make sure you you know you're trying, and everyone, and this is literally for everyone. You need to make sure you go in the gym. If you're not trying to to even if even if your look is not to be like you know a big muscle guy, just train, just lift some weights because you're gonna have to pick people up. And if you can't pick them up and you drop them and you hurt them, then you're gonna get that reputation of being the guy that drops people and he's not strong enough. You need to make sure that you're at least trying to put some strength on you. Even if you're not one of these people who want to be the body guy, you need to be lifting some weights just so you can your strength can get up because you don't want to be known as the guy who can't lift people and, and stuff like that. And make sure, yeah, just make sure everything's all-rounded. Make sure you understand, you know, if, you, if there's one style that's not necessarily what you like, learn it anyway because it's nice to have. It's it's nice to be like an all rounder for everyone, I think. But if I was gonna say anything, yeah, just get your basics down. Get them down first. And it's not easy. It's hard. And but nothing in this world that's worth having is easy to have. So, you know, if you if and if you're not in it to like be really big and successful, then you know, you why you why are you here then? I'm my aim is to be massive. I wanna be absolutely huge. On the independent circuit, I want to be on the front of all the posters. You know, I want the nice contracts from WWE and, and the tryouts and stuff. So, but obviously that will come in time. Obviously, when everything starts opening back up, that's when I'm start doing it. But I just run really hard. I get up at three o'clock in the morning every morning to train for the gym because I look at successful people and they're getting up early in the morning. And they're training, so that's my mentality. To have. Just have a really hard working mentality. And you, you can't go wrong. Just and listen to people. Listen to what the veterans are saying. They know best. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, just listen to it. Take it into account. If you don't agree with what they say, try and break down what they were saying. And if you still can't understand what they're saying, well, then maybe you need to ask them again what they mean. But trust me, no one's. I've never heard a veteran, you know, tell me some. But you know, I've t they probably told me some bad advice. But you know. That's just, it's not bad advice, it's just different, you know, it's just different opinions on things. So every take everyone's opinion in for account rather than just the ones that you like. And don't ask, if you want to ask a veteran um, to give you advice on a match, don't ever ask a veteran, did you like me match? Because nine times out of ten, or I'm going to say ten times out of ten, they're going to say they didn't like it. But if you say, "What did you watch me match? Yes. 
is there anything I can improve on? Right now we can start talking and then they'll tell you. But if you walk up to them and go, oh, do you like me match? One, you've, you've asked the wrong question there because if you knew, your match is going to be horrible. Whatever you think in your mind, you know, your matches are going to be horrible at first. My match was awful. You're absolutely, I got my ass got chewed out loads of times after the match. People were saying I was a shit and this, that and the other. And there's another thing. Don't run away. If, yeah, I've been shouted at loads of times and there was a couple of times where I'd be driving back home after being me arse shoot out going, I just want to quit. But I'd just go to bed, I'd wake up the next day and I said, right, let's get better. Let's, you know, and now those guys who would chew my ass out now are now my friends. So it's a slow process and it's hard and it's upsetting and your heart will get broken at times, but just keep grinding. If you really want to do this, it should be the easiest thing in the world. Tyson Taylor's tips there, veteran tips, well encapsulated. Do you know I like about when you're saying about doing the ring, you're wrestling in that ring. So it's, yeah. it's full circle. You respect the yeah, ring because yeah. you're wrestling in it. I, I like the fact, I take away from that, that, you know, you're not there necessarily to set it up, but you still do it. You're paying, yeah, yeah. You're paying your dues. And yeah. great. this is great for the youngsters, what you've just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, it's, so, so let's say you're an electrician. Does someone come and bring your tools to your workspace and set them all out for you, ready, and set all, you know, all your, your gear that you need up? No, you do that yourself. It's like a painter. Does a painter, the painter doesn't get someone to put the canvas on the thing for him, put his paint down for him. He does that. And if you're putting the ring up and you start, you know, because there's, bit, there's bits of the ring that, you know, there might be like a board up or there might be, or there might be some more padding somewhere or there might be, you know, a hole in the, in Joe, you know, like the wood that no one's realised. If you're around, if you're around the ring at the start of the match and you feel something, you can go right. There's loads of times where someone's come back and said, the board's broke, our bottom left side, um, don't be doing any bumps in that corner or, or stay clear of it. So, and they only found that out because the people who've done it have done the ring because, you know, they've picked up a board and it's been, you know, broken. But, you know, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? We've got a show in, you know, an hour. So you just put the board on anyway, put all the stuff over and then everyone knows, right, you don't go in that corner then. But, you know... I've never seen, you know, a ring crew set up a ring and then come back to everyone and say, oh, you know, the watch, you know, the bottom left or there's a board to come up or, or, you know, watch these ropes or stuff like that. You need to learn that yourself because you need to learn when these things are going to go as well. So if you're, you know, in the ring and you're rolling around and you, you feel a board, you know, oh, that board feels a bit weird. You just let someone know. But if you're not setting rings up and don't know how it feels when you're setting them stuff up, then you won't be able to pick out those problems. And then if you're not being able to pick out them problems and then you go in the ring and you're having a match and you don't know and you hurt yourself, you know, that's your own fault. You shouldn't you should know what's underneath it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Tyson Taylor, where can the viewers and listeners find you in terms of the socials? Do do a little bit of do a little bit of plugging. You got to start plugging because the show's left and right now. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's mainly um, on Instagram. It's Tyson Taylor one hundred and one, and then on um, Twitter it's at Cruel Two, which is T O O, and uh, just my Facebook is just Tyson Taylor as well. And uh, I'll be probably putting up a lot of videos and stuff like that. I do a lot of promos with people. I, I put a nice promo together for SWW and once other shows start asking me to do stuff like that. And that's with any, if there's any promoters listening or anything like that, I can talk to. If you want me to sell anything, 
just let me know. I can send videos over because um, that's something I haven't really had a, had a chance to do is do a, do a lot of promos. But I've done a lot in the ring with Brian and stuff like that, but I've never done it, you know, camera, face to camera and, and showing people what I, what I can do, uh, talking on a mic and stuff like that. So that's what I'm would be like, you know, to say if there's anything like that needed, just give me a shout. Perfect, perfect. My guest today on Stu's Wrestling Podcast, it is UK wrestling veteran Tyson Taylor. Thank you very much for coming on today, man. No, cheers, Stu. That was great. That cheers, mate. A big thank you to Powered 4 TV for putting the episodes up on the on-demand service there. Big thank you to John Scott and Rich Crowhurst for all the support. Really appreciate it week in, week out. Nothing's ever a problem. Also, we're doing Powered 4 TV, Big Fight Weekly, the MMA and Boxing Show with my cousin, Rich and John have put on these first it's been fantastic with that thank you to chris dutton again as always for the superb editing i couldn't do this without him and fantastic job once again thank you to mike angus for the intro as always to the show you can find the stews wrestling podcast merch at wrestlemerchcentral.com there is loads of stuff lots of different items that you can get mugs hats face coverings, t-shirts, hoodies, even the new varsity jacket with embroidered Stu's Wrestling Podcast logo on it. Big thank you once again to Dean and the team for listing my products on there. Great work, great work. And we will see you soon for the next episode of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.